Blog Talk Radio. Okay, let's get going. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We ask that the Holy Spirit move today for the hearer to understand the revelation knowledge of Jesus of Nazareth in your word concerning the end times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Today and yesterday we gave you different uh, meanings of the Bible and symbols. Now today, before we get into Revelation, we're going to hit some corners and giving you a basic understanding of Christ will rule the earth for 1,000 years. Okay? That's, that's where we're going to go. We're going to have a lot of other stuff that's going to be coming down at the end of this. But let's start off with Christ will return. Christ will return in the air. Christ can be trusted. We know that he will keep his promise to return. Pay close attention. The Lord Jesus will keep his promise to return. Because Christ can be trusted, we know that he will keep his promise to return for his own. He promised his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, that you may be also. John 14, 2, 2, 3. Please write down the scriptures. I'm a scriptural-based teacher. This event is described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. At a permanent time, the Son of God will leave the Father's side and descend toward earth, as he does Three mighty sounds will echo across the halls of heaven and sweep over the earth. A shout, the voice of an archangel, and a blast from the trumpet of God. When these sounds are heard, all believers, since the time of Christ, will be resurrected. The bodies of the Christians who have died will arise be transferred, be reunited with their souls, and be taken to Christ aside in the air. Then every living Christian will be removed from the earth, caught up to join with the resurrected believers for a great and glorious meeting in the air with Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, and will take them to be with him. And they will always be with the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. This is also in 1 Corinthians. Write this down. 1 Corinthians, if anybody is teaching you anything about prophecy, if they don't give you scriptures, walk out, leave it alone. Write this down. This is also in a view in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52. When Paul wrote, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be what? Raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a moment of time, the earth will be emptied of Christians. When will this take place? No one really knows when this event will occur. The time is not spelt out in prophecy. We are told instead to maintain an attitude and condition of readiness for Christ said these words. Matthew 22:44. Therefore. You also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. 
So he's going to come, but it's not going to be an hour that you do not expect. You have to understand that my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts yours, saith the Lord, Isaiah 55, 8. That's why. Christ taught this attitude, watchfulness, in two similar parables, recorded in Luke chapter 12. In the first parable, in 12, 35, and 40, he linked his coming to the return of the master of the house from a wedding. In the second verse, 42 to 48, a man has left his household affairs in the hands of a servant. The key element in both parables is that the day of the master's return could not be known. Because of that, the servants were to maintain constant readiness at all times. The same is true for us today. We wait for Christ's return. Now, the Jehovah Witness got it wrong. They predicted when Jesus don't nobody know when Jesus come but the Father. Remember that. If any other doctrine that you receive that's Christianity that says that someone knows, that's an antichrist spirit. This could occur at any moment. That's what the word immediate immune means. But that does not necessarily mean his return will occur soon. It will take place before you take the next breath. We don't know. But it is not necessarily to harp on it. The Lord could delay his return another a few hundred years. We don't know. God is a patient God. God is a loving God. God is a God of mercy. His love endure. They're new every morning. Lamentations 3, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. Get it, get it. She's never about that side. We believe that this event will be the first of the end times event. It is referred to as the rapture of the church. The word rapture come from the Latin word rapia, R-A-P-A-R-E, which literally means to seize or to catch away. For an explanation of why we believe that the rapture is separate from the second coming to Christ, I will show you later on. Now let's look at the judgment seat of Christ. Those who are taken from the earth will meet Christ in the cloud and go to be with him. Then they will stand before the Lord in judgment. This event is called the judgment seat of Christ. Paul, if you saw it, he saw this when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And it reads, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. For those at the judgment seat of Christ will not be salvation. They are all God's children. Forgiveness adopted on the basis of accepting Christ. The purpose is to determine the degree of rewards that they will receive. They will be called into an account and receive what is due to them. That's written in 2 Corinthians 5, 10. The primary issue will be faithfulness. He's going to reward based on faithfulness. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 4. This is emphasized in three of our Lord's parables, the worker in the vineyard, Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 through 16, the talents, Matthew chapter 25, the ten minutes, Luke chapter 19, verse 11 through 27. Okay. All right. We're going to keep going. The issue for those at judgment seat of Christ will not be salvation. The purpose is to determine the degree of reward they receive when they was on earth. 
So you ain't do nothing for the Lord. You ain't getting nothing, but you still get to heaven. You know, you'd be walking around in heaven. You don't have a house. You don't have a crown. I could get into all of that, but I don't want to. Some will receive rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Others will suffer loss, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. We're not told just what this will involve. There will be no punishment for Jesus born of all penalties for our sins on the cross. We may be shown our shortcomings and failures. We may be reminded of our selfishness and the sins we did not confess. The loss we suffer would be receiving of less reward than we could have received. What would you do if you awoke on the morning to find the loved one of your family had disappeared suddenly and unexpectedly without a trace? What would you do? We are told that the mighty sound that will sweep the earth at Christ's return for his children. What are they and what do they think is their significance? Yes, it is. Now, I want to show you something. We're going to look at the Antichrist, the rise to power, because we don't forget that. We're going to do the whole book of Revelation. We're going to go through the book of Revelation, but this is to give you a tap and a taste of what we're going to get into. The Antichrist will rise to power according to biblical prophecy. The next event of the end time calendar is the rise of a false Christ to world dominance. He is called the Antichrist. He's against the Messiah. He's against, oh, definitely against the deliverance ministry. There's a, 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 a demonic spirit that attacks the ministry of exorcisms that do exorcism. He's going to work very heavy to try to prevent deliverance, stop people from speaking in tongues. The Apostle John said that many false Christs will appear in 1 John chapter 2.18 and also 1 John 4.3, claiming to be the Messiah. They will seek and attract many people. Some have already appeared while John was still alive. One day, however, the ultimate impostors will come. He will gather a huge following. He will deceive Israel into signing a false peace treaty. The Antichrist will deceive Israel into signing a peace treaty. Daniel chapter 9 verse 27, and he will be a cause of an untold suffering of the whole world, especially for the saints. Let's look at what the Bible tells us about the Antichrist. One, he will receive power from Satan. Revelations chapter 13, verse 2. Two, he will receive his throne from Satan. Revelations Chapter 3, Revelations, he will receive his throne from Satan. Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, I'm sorry. Number 3, he will receive his authority from Satan. Revelation 13, 2. The next one, he will be a ruler. Revelations chapter 6, verse 2. His purpose will be conquest. Revelations chapter 6, verse 2. He will be guilty of terrible blasphemies. Revelations chapter 13, verse 5. He will make a peace treaty with Israel and then cruelly break it. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Put himself above everything and everyone. Daniel chapter 11, verse 37. He will proclaim himself to be God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. He will stage many uh, miraculous, powerful resurrections. That's not really real. Revelation 13, 3. 
He will make war with the saints. Revelations 13:7. He will have authority over the nations of the world. Revelation 13:7. His number is 666. Revelation 13:18. He will kill millions of believers. Revelations chapter 6 verse 9 to 11 Revelations chapter 7 verse 9 to 17 A false prophet will serve him Revelations chapter 19 verse 20 He will demand that his image be worshiped Revelations chapter 13 verse 14 the antichrist is satan's counterfeit as jesus christ was sent by the father so that false Christs will be sent by satan the antichrist is given various descriptions named in the bible for example he is referred to as the little horn daniel chapter 7 verse 7 through 28 the king of fierce continents, Daniel, chapter 8, verse 23 to 25. The prince who is to come, Daniel, chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. The willful king, Daniel, chapter 11, verse 16. Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 to 38. He's also called the man of sin, Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. The son of perdition, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. The beast, Revelations, chapter 13, 1 through 10. The earth will experience unparalleled trouble. When the Antichrist is revealed, the stage will be set for the terrible events of the tribulation. After this, satanically empowered leaders will rise to prominence. The stage will be set for the most distressing period of all history. In one half years, he will conduct a regime of terror, bringing death to multitudes, both Jews and Gentiles. But in addition to this ring of terror, the earth will experience unparalleled troubles as God's wrath is poured out on all mankind. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6 through 7. Now, I want people to know something. If you would study the word and, and believe truth, you will not be able to be deceived. Satan does not like the word, please study the Bible, because there's a lot that you need to know. And in order to understand Revelation, I suggest that you wait on the Lord, read Daniel, read Zechariah. I listen to a lot of Derek Prince. I study, I study, I study, and let the Holy Spirit put it together for you. It can be done. The nations will not go unpunished by the hand of God. They will live to hate the day they cast their lot. With, with God and going against God. For generations of their leaders will have rejected God and mocked his son. Punishment will befall them in seven periods called the tribulation. Two sectors of the New Testament describes the event of these seven years. Matthew 24, 
in Revelations 6 through 16. The prophetic details include how mankind will suffer during this frightening time. In Matthew chapter 24, it talks about false Christ. Thank you, Lord. Wars, rumors of wars, nations against nations, phantom, yes, Lord, earthquake, killing, betrayal, flight, pestilence, disease. We see that now with the covert uh, virus. Then in Revelation chapter 6, you see the Antichrist, war, phantom, death, modernism, people will die for the name of Jesus, global destruction, the trumpets begin, vegetation is destroyed, death at sea, fresh water poison, the heavens stuck, troubled locusts, death by demons, all judgment begins. The vile judgments in Revelation 6, 15 through 16, for ungodly sores, death of mammal life, fresh water will be contaminated, unbreathable heat, we getting that now, darkness and pain, demonic manifestations, earthquakes and hail. The suffering and death that will fall on the nations during the tribulation is indescribable horrible. Millions upon millions will die at the terrible outpouring of God's wrath. Yet the majority will not repent. Though they gang their tongues in agony, they will continue to curse God of heaven and refuse to trust in God. Revelation chapter 16, verse 10 through 11. People like that today. There's some stubborn people out here. There will be a great multitude of Gentiles, however, who would turn to God during the tribulation. John referred them as a great multitude which no one could number. Of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, Revelations 7-9. Israel troubles. This is why you have to pray for Israel. There are actually two purposes of the seven-year tribulation. The first, as we have already seen, is the punishment of the nation. A second is to bring Israel to a place where she can be restored to the position of spiritual favor she once had in God's eyes. Israel will suffer with the nations only more intensely. This is a time of Jacob's trouble prophesied by the weeping prophet Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 7, Ah, for the day is great, so the nation is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. The tribulation will be a time of suffering and death for all mankind. But the Jews will be the hardest hit by the terror of those awful days. Zechariah predicted that two-thirds of all Jews on earth will die during the tribulation. That's in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 and 9. But the suffering will bring Israel to repentance. The prophet Ezekiel describes Israel's conversion with these beautiful words. I will take you from amongst the nation, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will clean you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart 
and put a new spirit within you, the heart of stone out of your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgment and do them. Then you should dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You should be my people, and I will be your God. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 through 28. Biblical descriptions of Israel's restorations are also given in Ezekiel chapter 37, the Valley of Dry Bones, and also the book of Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10 through 11. The spiritual restoration of Israel as a nation will take place at the return of Jesus Christ to the earth at the end of the tribulation. When he returns to rescue them from being annihilated or humiliated by the Antichrist, they will naturally automatically accept him as their Messiah and Savior, even though individually a large number of Jews will already have been converted. Remember that. You have to study Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 through 8 for that. After hundreds of generations of hardness and disbelief, the people of Israel will trust in Yeshua as their true Messiah. Inflected by the Antichrist, they will turn to the faith of the Lord. That brings us to the next event, God's program for the end time, the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. All right. Christ will return to the earth. Christ will return to the earth. As the tribulation draws close, the earth will be in turmoil. Millions will have died in war and its aftermath. The Antichrist, hatred of God, will focus on the Jews as the seven years reach their conclusion. Opposed from the north and east, according to Daniel, and, and uh, uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 44 and 45, the Antichrist will march his army into the Palestinian area for preparation of a vast military showdown. Demonic spirits will draw nations and gather them together in the final battle. That battle is Armageddon. And I've been there in Israel, and I got rocks from Armageddon. That's also in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through 16. I pray that you're learning. I pray that you're learning. The armies assembled in Palestine will be made up of bloodthirsty men who have resisted God throughout the tribulation. Both sides, the Antichrist and his opponent, will hate the people of God. They will enlarge in a fierce battle at Armageddon. The fighting will reach Jerusalem, and the Jews living there will suffer horribly according to Zechariah chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. A sense of despair will sweep over them as both armies attack them. Suddenly, when all seem hopeless, the scene will change. You're sure the Messiah will appear in all his glory and descend to the Mount of Olives. When his feet touches it, the mountain will split in half, foaming a vast new valley stretching from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 3 through 9. The Jewish believers will be given superhuman strength to fight the Lord's enemies. Zechariah chapter 12, 
verse 6 through 9, God will send a plague on the enemy soldiers and their animals. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12, and Zechariah chapter 14, verse 15. And panic will grip the foreign troops, causing them to attack one another. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 13. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 21, the Apostle John provides us a beautiful portrayal of Yeshua, of his second coming. He is depicted as a white horse, eyes blazing. The Antichrist will rally the army of the earth to attack him, but they will be crushed in defeat. Israel will be rescued. The armed hordes of the earth will be slain. The Antichrist and the chaos will be thrown into the lake of fire. Satan, Beelzebub himself will be bound, and the victorious Christ, Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of God, will prepare to ascend his throne in Jerusalem to rule in peace for 1,000 years. Those who survived the tribulation, Jesus Christ will hold two special judgments at the close of the tribulation. The first would be for the Jews who survived those terrible days. The prophet Ezekiel described the Lord Jesus as his shepherd, standing at the door of the sheepfold. The Jews who have trusted him will be received into his kingdom. Those who reject him will not. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 33 to 34. Believers in Christ, the sheep will allow to be entered into the millennial kingdom, unbelievers, the goat, unbelievers, the goat will die and await the great white throne judgment. A similar judgment will be held for the Gentiles who live through the tribulation. Again, a shepherd is used to describe Yeshua. He is a picture as shepherd the sheep from the goats. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46. Believers in Christ, the sheep, will be allowed to enter into the millennium kingdom. Unbelievers, the goats, will die and await the great white throne judgment. Will rule the earth for 1,000 years. The battle is over. The armed hardens of the earth have been defeated. Just when all seem lost, Jesus Christ appears in glory, leading his army to earth before the day end. The battle of Armageddon had been won by him. But the earth is in ruins. Death and destruction lies everywhere. What will happen? Rather than returning to his Father in heaven, Jesus Christ will erect his throne in Jerusalem, establishing it as his capital city, resonated the Jews as his people and ruler over the entire earth in a 1,000-year peace, prosperity, and righteousness which we call the millennium in Revelations chapter 20, verse 4 through 6. The Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled with details about the government Christ will establish when he return here. Here's what it will look like when the Lord Jesus ruled the world. Number one, Christ will be king. He's the branch of David who will rule. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jeremiah 23, 5. Christ will fulfill all prophecies who rule, Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, the believers of the church 
age will ring with Christ Jesus. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 through 6. Israel would be prominent. Israel would be then favorite nation. Isaiah chapter 2, 1 through 3. Jerusalem will be the capital city. Isaiah chapter 60, 10 through 14. David's throne will be reestablished. Luke chapter 1, verse 32. Christ's rule will reflect his character. He will have justice for everybody for that 1,000 years. Isaiah 2, 4. All will prosper. Makai 4, 4. He will range in righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 5. Peace. Oh, my God. The earth will be at peace. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 4 through 5. People will be safe. Jeremiah chapter 23, 5 through 6. The nations will be transformed. Climate will be ideal climate. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 23 to 26. Wild animals will be tame again, like they was before mankind sinned. Wild animals will be tame. I would love that because I love animals. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6 through 8. Fishing will be great. You will be able to fish. Oh, my God. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9 through 10. People will have good health during his reign. Isaiah Chapter 35, verse 5 through 6. Life will be lengthened longer. Isaiah 65, 19 through 20. And Isaiah 65, 22. Trees will provide food and medication. Lord, have mercy. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. You know, that's erotic because in Jeremiah 46, 11, in the Old Testament law, say some medication can't cure you. But his medication, made from a tree now. Plants was here before mankind. Look at Genesis chapter 1. God will be worshipped. His name will be known throughout the whole world. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. His whole name. Everybody's going to know Jesus of Nazareth for a thousand years. Ain't no Muhammad. Ain't no Hare Krishna. Ain't no Buddhism. Ain't going to be no Baptist. Ain't going to be no Catholic, Episcopalian. Ain't going to be no great nothings. They won't be there. Pillars. A great nothing. An educated enemy. Ain't going to be none of that. The temples at Jerusalem, E.W., they waiting on you. The temples at Jerusalem will be the center of worship. Ezekiel, 40, the 48. Representatives will come from everywhere. Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 16. All mankind will come. Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 23. The Jews will lead in worship. Lord, have mercy. And I love Israel. I'm pro-Israel. Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 10 through 14. When Christ ruled in the Millennium Kingdom, his love remember this now, and his justice, and his mercy, and his righteousness, and his peace will be found throughout the earth. Since people reflect their ruler, the people of the kingdom will reflect the character of their king. During this golden age, the earth 
will be what God intended it to be. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Boy, I tell you, the power of God is so good. Now, Jesus will judge unbelievers. I pray that you don't fall into this category. Jesus Christ will judge unbelievers. At the end of the 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth, Satan, who has been locked up during this time, will be released immediately, gathering an army of unbelievers together. Satan will lead them in a battle against the Lord. This will be Satan's final act of rebellion. All rebellion will be abolished. John's description is in Revelation chapter 20, verse 7 through 10. When the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations, which are in four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose numbers is as the sand of sea. They went up on the death of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and beloved cities, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are, Lord, have mercy, all they will be tormented, all of them, the false prophets, all of them, the great nothings, the, the, the pastors who steal in money. I saw an African pastor, it's absurd, telling people how he's going to bless them. And you go on YouTube, he's touching their breasts, taking his hand, go up on their rectum and pulling their pants down, touching them, talking about, I'm going to send you a wife. And people believe in this. All that will send you to hell. All that false doctrine will send you to hell. Come out that mess. The false prophets, they will be tormented with the devil day and night, forever and ever. If all begins sometimes in early past when Lucifer had looked with a jealous eye at the throne of God in pride and his rebellion and angels against God, he was cast out of heaven. That's in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. From the time of his deception, in the garden, until he was cast into the bottomless pit. He has brought suffering to mankind. Now, after 1,000 years of confinement, his hatred of God is intensified. He makes one last desperate attempt to dethrone the Lord. But in spite of all his power, his fate will be at the same as his wicked underlings, the Antichrist and the false prophets, everlasting torment in hell. Now, for the unbeliever, when Satan's last rebellion is smashed, it will be a time for judgment. A new heaven and a new earth will soon begin by appearing. At the latest and the last details of the earth, business must be taken care of. The judgment will occur at the great white throne of God in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. We're told that the dead, small and great, in verse 12, will stand before the throne. Unbelievers of the Old Testament days, the church age, the tribulation, and the millennium will be there as the books are open. No one will escape. The sea and the dead and those in Hades will give up their inhabitants. The outcome will not be in question. Those who reject God and offer the salvation in Christ will seal their own fate. Their names will not be found in the book of life. They will be cast into the lake of fire which is already inhabited by Satan's Antichrist and the false prophets. This is the second death, eternal death. God is not vengeous and hateful. God doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves. These are not pleasant thoughts that I may be talking to you today. We don't like the idea of eternal suffering. The idea of flames and anguish appears to us. But remember, 
these people who intentionally and willfully chose not to trust in Christ. When you don't want the Lord, God ain't going to make you uh, do something you don't want to do. If you want to go commit a sin, God's not going to stop you. He wishes to be righteous, let him be righteous. And he wishes to be filthy, let him be filthy still. We have a free will. God doesn't send people to, to, to hell. People send themselves. A new world will be created. Now we come to the final event of God's prophetic timetable, which like, a, uh, like we see is a more beginning than an end. And that which begins with the new world will last for that point forever. From the rules of the old heaven and earth, God will bring in existence an eternal new world free from evil, free from deceit, free from all harmful diseases, free from hate, lust, things that have married into sin since Adam's sin will be free. The prophetic books are fulfilled with this information about the millennium kingdom. But they tell us very little about the new world to come. Most of our information comes from Revelation 21 through 22. It begins, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had what? Passed away. That's the new heaven. Revelations chapter 21, verse 1. What will happen to the old world system? It will be burned to ashes in the aftermath of Satan's final attack. Thank God. Revelations chapter 20, verse 7 through 10. Peter described it as the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat, but the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Second Peter chapter three ten. From these smoking ruins and created will be in existence of eternal homes and a blazing. God will get rid of that. The New Jerusalem that John saw in the holiest city described heaven as descended in it in Revelations chapter twenty one and Revelations chapter twenty two is as follows, as beautiful as the bride dressed for her, the new Jerusalem. Revelations 21.2, where God dwells with men and with the new Jerusalem. That's the new one that Jesus is going to create. He's going to get rid of the old one, Revelations 21.3. In men's size, the Bible says it'll be. Revelations 21.16, a Jude foundation. Revelations 21.19-20. 216 feet wall of jasper revelations chapter 21 17 through 18 12 gates of pearls always open revelations chapter 21 21 and 21 25 buildings and streets of gold revelations chapter 21 18 revelations chapter 21 verse 21 the power and the glory of God's glory. Revelations chapter 21, 11. Revelations chapter 21, verse 13. Boy, that's some good stuff, ain't it? A crystal river with the New Jerusalem. A crystal river. Revelations 22, 1. Trees of life for healing. Lord, have mercy. Revelations 22, 2. Throne of God. Revelations 22, verse 3. The city is also remarkable for what is not there. The following things will be missing from our new heavenly home. There will be no sea. 
with the new heavens, Revelation 21.1, no tears, Revelation 21.4, no death, Revelation 21.4, no pain, Revelation 21.4, no sorrow, Revelation 21.4, no temple, Revelation 21.22, no sun, Revelation 21.23, no moon, Revelation 21.23, no impurity, Revelation 21.27, no deceit, Revelation chapter 21, verse 27, no more curse, be all gone, no more curses, Revelation 22, verse 3, no night, Revelation 22, verse 5, what a wonderful place, there will be no night because our heavenly home will be illuminated by the glory of God, and the Lamb will be at lights, Revelation 21, 22, Revelation 22, 5, there will be no temple because Christ himself will be the temple. Revelation 21, 22, we will reign there forever. Revelation 22, 25, we will see the face of God and bear his name on our foreheads. Revelation 22, 4, we will have access forever to the tree of life. Lord have mercy. Revelation chapter 22, man, I want to be there. 2 and Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. With the descriptions of heavenly completed, the Bible comes to an end. When we think of the wonders that awaits us. When the Lord himself would dwell with us, we can only say, John, even so come, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. Revelation 22, verse 20. Now, tomorrow, we're going to kick it in. We're going to kick in. uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to also explain, uh, before we do Revelation, I forgot, what we can't know about the end times, the date of Christ's return, we don't know that. The identity of the Antichrist, we don't know that. Some find it exciting to think that God may have given the United States special mentions in this book. They claim, for example, the Revelation 18 reveals the United States as a commercial Babylon. Yet nothing is in the passage specifically requiring this conclusion. The evils it mentions are just true as almost every other civilization on earth as they are of the United States. So we don't know that. We're going to talk about that. Two phases of Christ's return. Why study prophecy? Israel and the church, the removal of the restrainer, the church not descending from God's wrath, the state of the kingdom inhabited. We're going to deal with that, and then we're going to jump into the book of Revelation. Amen. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. I thank the Lord for every last one of you. God bless all of you. On this day, I pray that the Lord open your understanding. If you would like to become a member here, you're welcome to. You can join us, email us, you can call me for membership, area code 678-701-3733. I'm available from 9 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night. You can email me also at overtonnavy1 at gmail.com. Again, overtonnavy1 at gmail.com. Dot com. Please sow a seed to help us out. We are not a prosperity minister. I don't talk 30, 40 minutes and say, come get this $1,000 line in five days. You'll get you something. I don't do that. I just ask that the Lord move on you. We do need the income. It's, been, it's always a tremendous uh, confrontation with this radio ministry and that because the enemy would try to shut it down. He has no other way to shut this down, and he's not going to shut it down because This is owned and operated by Christ Jesus. I will stay on air. 
I just want you to be part of it. Ask the Lord, Lord, what should we sow to this ministry? And whatever God tell you, we will receive it. Come join us every day. We're going to come back tomorrow here again at 8 o'clock to open up the book of Revelation. I pray that the Holy Spirit oh, have come upon you. The Lord Jesus bless you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray for your safety in the name of Jesus. I pray for your family, for the peace of your family. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. Whatever country you're at, we pray that the Lord Jesus bring revival throughout your nation. God bless Israel. God bless Jamaica. And God bless the United States. God bless Jamaica. God bless Jamaica. Shalom to you. God bless. We're going back to regular livecast with Derek Prince. We're going to have some teaching also tonight. Demonology, that's going to be coming up next, then Derek Prince. We're going to be dealing with demonology at www.livedeliverance.com. Again, sow a seed here. Keep us on air. We do need your support. I trust in God. I don't believe that a pastor should beg. Just teach the word, and God will bring the rest. God bless. Go to www.livedeliverance.com on the lower left-hand corner and sow a seed. If you're in the United States and you'd like to get a receipt for however you, how much that you tithe, we are at 501c3. We can send that available without my secretary can be able to assist you with that. We do need the tithes and offerings. We need your contribution to keep us on air. It's not easy, but guess what? All things are possible to him that believe it. The devil is a lie. We will be on, and we want you to be part of that. Shalom, and have a good night. Stand by before we go on air. Okay, those who are in LiveDeliverance.com, stand down. I'm going to give you the sermon. We're going to talk about the names of demons. And it's a very powerful, powerful teaching. I want you to really learn it. And I'm setting it up right now. Okay, those in the room, get ready. Okay, now we got to get to the room where Chaplain John Durden's at. Okay, Chaplain John Durden, you now have the mic, Chaplain John Durden. Oh, man, I feel like I have, <laughs> excuse the expression, a big bottle of champagne because that's my favorite book. I mean, I love the book of Revelation and uh, and, the, and the Holy Spirit giving you uh, more information than I even thought of, man. I mean, because that's my book, that's my study, that's my love. But every time I hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, boy, I learn something new and gracious, man. I'm I'm on a high that just can't wait. It, it, it's just great. I can listen to the book of Revelation all night long. And then you touch your mother's favorite subject, too. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Then you walk over there and talk about that's the judgment, the great white throne. So those are my three, the two judgments and and um Book of Revelation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's all I got to say. I enjoyed it, man. I'm high as a kite. <laughs> Dr. Leroy Powerbuckle says good evening. Uh, who are you speaking to, you or me? Dr. Powerbuckle says good evening, Brother John. He's oh, texting. Good evening, good sir. Evening. Good evening. God bless you. God bless you. We have his word. We have his word. He said we have his word. Tongues have ceased. Dr. Powerbuckle, tongues have ceased. Um, I suggest you go back and, and study the word. Um, 
Okay. Because tongue has not ceased, sir. Okay. Tongues has not ceased. Shekiriane katapasa kolina. Kiriane kitipiria kitiparaso koliane. And that's what I was taught from the time I was 18 to the time I was 30. And God finally got me out of that mess. I said, son, come here. Go down to Savannah. Help me to go down to Savannah where I'm from my sister. And she took me to her non-denominational church. And the pastor said, go on down there and ask the Lord. He said, you already got it. You got it when you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I said, huh? He said, you heard me. He said, the only reason you will never get it or hear the voice of God if you in some hidden sin, hiding something, doing something, you hanky-panky, you ain't got no better to do it. But Lord knows what you're doing. He says, so you never private line. He says, private line. Tell, tell, we'll call him back. Uh, we'll call you back. One one two three. E.W. Good evening. Uh, E.W. is texting. Uh, wonderful sermon. Did you do any participating in that sermon to help him assist him in that text? Oh, no. Um, you heard directly from the Holy Spirit. See, he's an he's anointed man of God. He dedicated his life to the Lord uh, many years ago, and, uh, and he fasted. And it didn't come just by chance. He fasted Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before Three long years. I lasted. I lasted. I think about five, four months. For but he he tearing that thing on, and he's really real. He's really real, man. He really loved the Lord, and you know he used to be a gangster, but God took him out of that lifestyle, and he and God taught him everything. And you know what? God loves him so much that any any pastor who competes against him, I talk about. I want to challenge you. They all end up looking like a fool. They just can't believe it. I keep saying, you're not challenging my brother. You're challenging the Holy Spirit who's honoring his, his devotion Dr. to Dr. the Lord. Says, private line. Okay, we're going to get off air because they're going to call us on private line. We already know what that's all about. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. But, John, I'll call you back. God bless everybody. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. God <laughs> bless everybody. <laughs> hey. Amen. We had a wonderful night tonight. Shalom. Don't forget to sow a seed and keep us on air. Have a good evening. Good night.